God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. So, you know, the Republicans are really fighting back. I like to see this fight. I I don't like the fact that we find ourselves in a deficit in every chamber in power in the federal government. I don't like the fact that the FBI has turned out to be a terrorist organization that we finance. At some point, when do we get our money back? You know, when is that? I don't like the fact that they're toying around with, you know, this climate change initiative. And I see the tea leaves already brewing because I believe that the whole COVID weaponization of a bioweapon is not too much different than the, the, the terror tactics of climate change. The liberals, as I've been saying all week, and I'm on this kick right now, and, and basically that's what I do. You know, I, I think over the weekend about a theme for the week, and I peel the onion in a bunch of different ways because one hour is just not enough. And, you know, I need to peel the onion. Yesterday, I forgot to mention autocracy as the new word to replace dictatorship. And that's because when I present a show, I actually present a show in what I consider to be like a figure eight. Because not everybody tunes into the show, the Scott Adams show, all at the same time. They don't all just show up at at a certain time and and that's that. Uh, Everybody comes in at different times during the hour. And I want to make sure that I revisit certain topics so that the people that come in late uh, can also get a wind of what we're talking about. So it's a little bit of a balance. Um, But yesterday I was talking about the use of the word autocracy and that Justin Trudeau was talking about dictatorships 
are agile. They're quick. They're nimble. Jack, be nimble. Jack, be quick. They, they don't have a lot of red tape. They don't have to give a, get approval from Congress. They don't have to worry about voters. They don't have to worry about offending their, their people. So they could just do whatever they want. And that might be the case. That might be true. But I also believe that right now, the, the talk, talking about this, dictatorships, tyrannical governments, those are all negative words. But the word autocracy it doesn't sound so negative. And I'm hearing a lot of these G7 world leaders using that word. And I've been hearing them talk about Putin as an autocracy, you know, Russia as an autocracy. And I could just see one day the Democrats, just like we thought it was impossible for them to say a place in open borders and sanctuary cities and give free medical and free education to illegal migrants and and allow them to vote. (laughs) just like the Democrats have said all those things, and I promise you they said them all. Trust me on that one. I can back that argument up any day of the week. As ludicrous and as insane and as ridiculous as that sounds, the Democrats would misspend your money in that way. I mean, and the, the foolishness of it. Like we can't see that, you know, our money's not going to go far enough that when you offer a free gravy train, the train's going to be a long, long, doggone long train. And it's never going to stop coming in until they break us dry. Like Margaret Thatcher said, the problem with socialism is sooner or long you run out of other people's money. Well, that's the same thing, too, if we invite the entire world's poverty into our country so that the middle class can somehow pay more taxes and feed these people. You know, I always like that. Uh, I always like that fable. Uh, teach a man, uh, give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Teach a man to fish and he eats for a lifetime. I like that saying. Pull yourself up from your bootstraps. I remember once Martin Luther King was in an interview and he was saying, but the difference between the black struggle and the you know other, other groups is other groups came in through Ellis Island or what have you, legal immigration, and they were given um, some stipends. They were given a, a chance, a fighting chance. But with the black folks that were taken over in shackles from Africa, they weren't uh, given the boot or the strap. Those are exact quote words from Martin Luther King. And I thought, I actually liked that statement that he made. And I thought it was absolutely apropos in the 1960s. But last I checked, that's been about, what, 60, 55 years ago? It's been a long time since he said those words. And if we haven't figured it out by now, whatever the hell we've been doing isn't working. You know what I mean? I mean, civil rights legislation, social welfare programs, 
uh, based on skin color, based on gender, based on quota-based systems. doesn't work. certainly doesn't work in America. hasn't worked out for us. It's been a boondoggle, a waste of money, just like the Middle East, where we spend 6 to $10 trillion on that. We spend 6 to $10 trillion on civil rights, social welfare programs, quota-based systems, affirmative action, Title IX, you name it. I just say, let's just get on with it. But the Republicans are fighting back. There is a uh, new piece of legislation uh, that um, was in part kind of uh, based on that. And Breitbart put this out. And it's it was an exclusive. It says, stunning. House conservatives tanked two Democrat bills endangering Pelosi-Biden agenda. So it says the House conservatives successfully derailed two bills that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi attempted to fast-track through the lower chamber of the U.S. Congress on Tuesday evening. And the first question that ran through my mind was, how did the Republicans get enough muscle to beat Nancy Pelosi in the House? They're five, six votes short. If, any, if everything goes great with the AZ audit, you might have a whole different house makeup uh, if they contest, if the dominoes fall and 12 other states do what, do what Arizona did and they get it all done this summer and by the end of the year, all these audits prove the fraud was as big as we said it was. And I, I don't even care what the AZ audit says. I mean, I do. I absolutely care. I shouldn't say it like that. I care tremendously what the AZ audit said. But whether they come up with the facts or they don't, I will. you cannot get me to believe that Joe Biden got 81 million votes. Not with a son like Hunter and not with his brain the way it is. And not with his inability to actually take questions from reporters. Dictators, oh, excuse me, autocrats, autocracies, autocratic leadership, whether it's Erdogan in Turkey or whether it's Vladimir Putin in Russia, they all outshined uh, Joe Biden. They all outshined Joe Biden with respect to transparency to the free press. How do you like that? And... There are Democrats that are coming out right now and saying, wow, I've never seen anything like this where as soon as, uh, you know, uh, Biden gets through his hand-picked list, as soon as he does that, gets through that hand-picked list, guess what? He, he starts getting screamed at to uh, let's go. No more questions. And he takes like so few questions. And they're from a handmaiden's uh, list of compliant people. And as I was saying the other day, these people, you know, hobnob with the press secretaries and people in the White House, and they have a full understanding. Hey, do you want to be my friend? Do you want to have access to the White House? Do you want some free drinks and go to these parties? Well, then tow my line. And you cross me just once, and you'll be out so fast it'll make your head spin. And as a journalist, you're really in a tough situation once that happens. 
Because if you don't, if you get your pass revoked, and do you think that when someone gets their pass revoked today, the media is going to even care? I don't think so. The media wants to perpetuate this kind of BS. The first time I ever saw it was when Eric Holder spied on the Associated Press. And the Associated Press is like, okay. They were just like, no problem, sir. We, we're so Democrat that you could actually slap us in the face. You could actually wiretap our phones. We don't care so long as it's liberals in power. That's the kind of Kool-Aid they're drinking. But I was impressed by the, Congress, the, by the Republicans in the House for having to win something. It turns out that what, what they were trying to win required a two-thirds supermajority in the House. And I'm going to explain this to you. So two bills that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi attempted to fast-track through the lower chamber of the U.S. Congress on Tuesday evening, a victory the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus uh, said was stunning. And that's Andy Biggs. He is the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus. Specifically, Pelosi had attempted to use a procedure called suspension of the rules, which requires two-thirds supermajority of the House to succeed. And she did. She pushed for suspension of the rules to pass (coughs) two highly controversial pieces of legislation. One, the LGBTQ Business Equal Credit Enforcement and Investment Act would have allowed for LBGT, LBG, LGBTQ. Wow. It's LGB, blah, 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 blah. Lesbian, gay. Um, trans, queer. And I don't know what the, oh, bisexual. <laughs> they got that one in there too. So LGBTQ owned businesses to get favoritism in lending in much the same way minority-owned businesses may. The other was called, but see, minority, you're born with a skin color. And with the uh, LGBTQ, it's not settled science whether you're born that way or, you know, because it's just not settled science. You know, if you're born with male genitalia, you're male. And you're born with, um, you know, female genitalia. You're a female. It's got to be like that. And beyond that, the government shouldn't get involved. Nonprofit organizations can get involved. Anybody can get involved. But it should not be a government issue. The government shouldn't be in the business of science. The scientists should be in the business of, you know, Understanding the medical condition of somebody who is on the fringe one way or the other based on hormones. There should be hormonal treatment development and things like that. Uh, You know, gender mutilization surgery, for example, should be something that an adult may be able to choose based on medical guidance and, and after seeing a psychotherapist or whatever. Do whatever you want on your own time, but don't make me, the taxpayer, finance 
that surgery. That's number one. Number two, uh, don't turn our military into a recruiting ground for transvestites who want the surgery for free, which is what they did when they said, we want to openly accept trans people into the military. And yes, we will pay for that surgery as well. That's a recruiting tool. They might as well put it on the brochure. Be all you can be and whoever you want to be. Be a they, be a be, be it, you know, whatever you want to call yourself. But as soon as you get involved with that, you get into the other slippery slope issues like the, the whole thing that infringes upon women's at, women athletes, you know, and the, and the Olympics and so many other issues. You know, so many people get disenfranchised by a lot of these things. And what kind of weirdos, you know, might you find, you know, wanting to do these sex change operations because they're so unhappy with one thing and they think the other is a utopia. And then they're sharing um, bathrooms with your children of the opposite genitalia. See, I didn't say sex. I said genitalia. It's crazy. So the first piece of legislation that Nancy Pelosi wanted to railroad through by suspending the uh, rules was LBGTQ getting the same treatment as minority races. The only problem is, again, minority races are born that way. And LGBTQ, I mean, what what, what next? Is it going to be polymoro? Poor, poly, you know, polymory, polyomory uh, relationships? Where you got uh, three wives and two men, two husbands and and two dogs and a cat, they should get the treatment too because they were born that way too. That somehow they had to have that need. Hunter Biden should get special privilege because he was born a sex addict. What? A coke addict? What? He had a brain thing that said he was more susceptible to chemical uh, dependency. Where does it end? That's the point. Where does it end? So we got to ask that question, and you got to come up with some answers. I mean, really, what? Where, where does it end? Do swingers get some extra perk because they have a propensity to do that kind of sexual behavior? I don't know, man, but I think it is a choice to a certain degree. Ben Carson said this. Ben Carson's one of the smartest men, right? He was the first to... Uh, he's a neurosurgeon, the first to separate conjoined twins. The guy is actually for real. I mean, he's super scientist. He says, I don't think it's settled science with regard to whether you're, you know, what, what, uh, whether you're a gender, you have gender issues or not, or whether you're gay or not. He said there's far too many people that go into jail straight and come out a different persuasion. I don't know. And again, I don't know the answer to the question. I'm not a scientist, but what I'm saying is I don't think the science is settled. And to put LGBTQ in the same light as race, you know, based on skin color, you're born one way. It's absolutely, it's obvious. And not only that, but what, what does race have to do with anything? If you're skin color, if you're colorblind, race shouldn't even matter. If you're born in this country, it says all men are created equal. That you know, racist racism is illegal. 
discrimination is illegal, yet we're seeing Trump supporters and Republicans in general getting fired from their jobs because they've been discriminated against because of their political beliefs. If you're a journalist in a newspaper, you never get the front page story because the editor hates your guts. He's just afraid to fire you, or he would. If you're a professor, you'll never get that tenured track to give you job security. Uh, because if you come with a conservative slant, you'll never be promoted up the chain to the ivory towers. You'll never be part of the committees and the boards. And see, that's where I've said this for a long time, and it's so, so true, is Republicans don't discriminate against Democrats nearly as much. And I would say it's like tenfold difference. But nearly the way liberals cons uh, discriminate against conservatives. And we've seen that when people wear a red hat, they get uh, accosted. They get aggressively assaulted. They get spit on when they wear a red Trump MAGA hat. But if you wear a mask, you get a pat on the back, you get the 50-yard line like they're trying to do in the NFL because they're so woke. You have to read these end zone messages about stop racism. Like, isn't that basically calling everybody a racist? Stop and racism. And racism. I never started racism, dude. You're the one that brought up race. Put it in your end zone, Cadell or whatever his name is uh, that runs the NFL. I mean, the idea is is that vaccine passports are going to give you the 50-yard line treatment, and if you don't have a vaccine passport, you're going to get the end zone? I say the hell with it. I'm not going. I'm just not going to go. I'm not even going to watch that stupid program. That's how I am. Because if they're going to discriminate like their Democrat forefathers before them. You know, whether it's the Democrats who wrote the Jim Crow laws, the Democrats like Jefferson uh, Davis that wanted to uh, fight for slavery and secede from the Union and separate and segregate from the Union, all because he wanted his slaves. And it was the Union Republican Party that wanted to abolish slavery, wrote the Emancipation of Proclamation, whether it was George Wallace, the Democrat governor in Alabama that stood in the doorway and didn't allow those two black children to integrate into an Alabama school, white school. Whether it was Robert Byrd, the Democrat from West Virginia, who was a KKK grand wizard that was endorsed, supported, and loved by Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden and honored and respected by these people. And this is a grand wizard racist. Or whether it was Lyndon B. Johnson who signs off on civil rights only because he thought he could buy the votes and says, we're going to own those N-words for the next 200 years. Democrat from Texas. I'm telling you, folks, the Democrats have long been about segregation. That's why I've been talking about vaccine passports as the modern-day segregator. When red states do one thing and blue states do another, states are going to be segregated. Businesses are going to be segregated. Missouri businesses aren't going to be able to conduct business with Portland, businesses in Portland. 
because they're not going to be able to meet each other. And these these Kool-Aid drinking crazy liberals like Lori Lightfoot, who blew a gasket and wrote Tucker some ridiculous letter and is just lost her marbles. Or whether it's the last draconian governors like Whitmer, Gavin Newsom, and Andrew Cuomo, who are still holding on to the last bastions of lockdown rules. They're so alone right now. They represent a fraction of people with common sense now. And then you look at the dynamics of what's going on with DeSantis. And you just got to say, wow, what a winner DeSantis is. What a loser these other three Democrat draconian uh, people are. It's, it's almost like yesterday's news. Like, wow, you were doing that? It's almost embarrassing. They're going to look back 10 years from now and they're going to be like, that was an embarrassing moment. That You know what they're going to say? That was a mistake. And they're going to be forgiven by other Democrat Kool-Aid drinkers of the time. So Nancy Pelosi's suspension of the rules. We got LGBTQ uh, equal business. That's been, that's been shot down. That's not going to pass now. Um, and then they got the other called the Equal Access to Contraception for Veterans Act. Now, this one would have facilitated government-funded access to abortion drugs through the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Basically, federal government dollars paying for abortions? Hmm, that doesn't sound right. Especially when a larger chunk of the uh, tax-paying base is probably conservative. After all, President Trump got 75 million votes, and I think that uh, he would have gotten more than that if they counted all of his votes. And I think Joe Biden may end up with about 48 to 53 million when it's all said and done. When you take a look at some of these polls, it indicates that Biden didn't get hardly anything. Why should he? He never even campaigned. So this is the two bills that we're going to be passing. Nancy Pelosi tried to get the suspension of the rules, knowing full well she wasn't going to be able to pass these uh, pieces of legislation through. So she failed. And so the Republicans are doing pretty good. And they did a good job with regard to those two issues, LGBTQ and abortion uh, paid abor- federally funded paid abortions. Those two issues are probably going to be uh, gone, not passed. So the Biden-Pelosi agenda was halted in its tracks thanks to Andy Biggs and, uh, and other House rep- representatives like Rosendale and Chip Roy from Texas, Matt Rosendale from Montana, and Andy Biggs. Uh, so that's good. That's good news. Um, and the Andy Biggs is from Arizona, by the way. Um, so that's good. And then what's happening over in the Senate, of course, is you got Joe Manchin up for reelection. Where? In West Virginia. And so the situation there is they're 50-50 in the Senate. Thanks to the rigging in Georgia. Otherwise, we would have had a majority in the Senate. But they fixed that election, I believe, in Georgia. And and so they're hopefully they'll look into that. 
what was going on down there. But let's just let's just look at uh, the Senate. The Senate was is the situation where Joe Manchin's up for re-election. Trump won West Virginia by over forty points. Joe Manchin knows there's not a snowball's chance that he can get reelected there. Not after having impeached President Trump twice. President Trump is stumping against for candidates that are going to go against every single Republican congressman that voted for impeachment. There are 10. The latest is Congressman Gonzalez. So he's endorsing the candidate that's running against him. That's exactly what MAGAPAC.org is all about. We are all about supporting an agenda that promotes America first policies to make America great again. That's what Bugle, Bugle Call is all about. BugleCall.org. If you go to our YouTube page, and I recommend that you do, we have our sponsorships right there. And if you go to RedStateTalkRadio.com, you'll see not only the two players, Liberty and Justice, but you'll also see the centerpiece, which is our YouTube channel. And you can click on that and subscribe. But our YouTube live feed, you know what's really great about our YouTube live feed over our live streams? You know what's really great about that? If you put that up, not only does it look like a lava lamp, I mean, it's beautiful in terms of the glow that it gives and the aura that it gives a room if you put it up on your TV and your YouTube on your TV. But you could rewind. So suppose you logged in to the YouTube Red State channel on YouTube. And you log in and you're logging into the Scott Adams show 22 minutes late. You could rewind. You could rewind and you could catch the show before our show. You can rewind for hours and go hours back. You could skip through the commercials. You could do all kinds of stuff like that. Because we applied the DVR feature to the YouTube channel. So it's a live stream. It's current. It's always live. But it allows you to pause if you have to go to the bathroom. It allows you to rewind if you missed or it came in late. So that's why I think that the YouTube player that we have, and for however long we have it, because I wouldn't be surprised if YouTube you know, shuts us down at some point, but you may as well enjoy it while it lasts. So I think that the, Dem- the Democrats are in trouble with the AZ audit particularly. I, I'm really hoping. People ask me what's the most important thing, and of course I tell them it's the AZ audit. The AZ audit is everything, every single thing. I mean, everything hinges on the AZ audit. If the AZ audit comes up with minuscule changes, not enough to really make a dent in states where there's a bigger disparity of votes. You know, Arizona, it's 10,000 votes. I think in Georgia, it's twelve to 14,000. So those are two states you could easily flip with just some improprieties. And we've seen that six out of every 25 votes in Georgia, six out of every 25 votes in Georgia, okay? Six out of every 25, that's almost 25%. 25% of all votes in Georgia, 25% are lacking chain of custody. And you've heard me say, 
time and time and time and time again. Chain of custody is the key. Once you have chain of custody, you have everything. The problem with our government and the problem with um, the corruption in our government is everywhere you turn, they violate that chain of custody. And they lack transparency when it helps them. When it's against you, they will throw the book at you. Take the FBI terrorist organization, because that's what they are now. And I knew they were a terrorist organization when, I asked the question, when they broke into Roger Stone's house, I said, I thought, I put myself in the shoes of an FBI guy, one of those guys putting on his SWAT team stuff. And obviously, you don't go anywhere without knowing the plan, what's at stake, and what you're, do, what you're trying to do. And when they're suiting up and putting their rifles on their chest and putting their gun in their holster, and they're putting their bulletproof vest on and their helmet and their SWAT team clothing and their boots, and they're driving to a location in West Palm Beach, or where or Fort Lauderdale, that's where uh, that's where uh, Roger Stone lives. He's going to farm, uh, Fort Lauderdale, a harmless, you know, I mean, a really nice city with canals and stuff. Well, you don't need a SWAT team. It's not like you're going to Osama bin Laden's compound when your wife is near uh, deaf in terms of she can't hear. And... You have a dog there. What what could go wrong with like a whole bunch of machine guns breaking into some guy's house, an elderly man, uh, in the early, early morning? And they did. And it's, the press was there ahead of time. That's the FBI. Look at what the FBI did out in Las Vegas. Look at what they did with the Orlando shooting, the Pulse nightclub. Look at what they've done to Paul Manafort. And then look at the blind eye they turned to Antifa. What Christopher Ray said about Antifa. What Christopher Ray said about election fraud. All, all these things paint a portrait that this is perhaps one of the most, and if I were to ever interview Donald Trump, I think the first question I would have to ask Donald Trump would be, why in the world did you hire Christopher Ray? Because all you have to do is look at these photographs all over the place and see Christopher Ray with Comey, with Mueller, with all of these, his cronies, that are really the devil in disguise. People that hate America, the people that believe in a corrupt FBI. The word integrity doesn't exist in their presence. You know, you really have to ask the question. And they're fighting against us. And, you know, I say this. I say, we're at a place where we have to question whether we should pay our taxes or not. Whether we should give our money and our resources to the enemy. Because at some point, almost overnight, we have learned, thanks to Donald Trump, that our government is working against us. They're putting, they're dividing us. And they're putting outsiders from 
non-citizens to take our place, almost as if they're using scab workers to take our jobs. You know those union strikes where then they would bring in scabs, scab workers, to come in and you know help the corporation weather the storm and hurt the cause of the union? I'm not a big union fan, but what I'm saying is, you know, they're basically bringing in people that will do slave labor work cheaper. The party that promotes $15 minimum wage to cripple middle-class America jobs uh, wants to bring slave labor markets in and have them work for fractions of a dollar. I mean, fractions of minimum wage. Under the table. And for what reason? To cripple the middle class. Because, like I said, you could never have socialism without a strong, vibrant, working middle class. And and I mean a middle class that represents the bulk of it. And I've always looked at it like this. A healthy government, a healthy economy, because you're never going to have everybody rich. No matter how rich the poorest of the poor get, there's always going to be richer people that got richer in that same environment. I always look at it like this. I think that the middle class can be broken up into three different degrees of middle class. Upper middle, middle, and lower middle. And in every part of that category, you could be a functional, tax-paying citizen in society. Whether you're a plumber, a janitor, a garbage collector, uh, an Apple genius at the Apple store, um, a restaurant worker, a waitress, you know, dual incomes, whatever, you can make it. And you can still buy things and go on a vacation. And somewhere in that middle class spectrum, upper, middle, and lower middle, and middle, right? Upper, lower, and middle. Those are the three categories of middle class. And above upper middle, you know, you got your categories of upper class, lower upper, upper, and super upper, super rich. And those are all going to be functional taxpayers as well. But it's that lower, uh, lower class of people, that class of people that is jobless, homeless, struggling to pay their bills and make ends meet for a lot of reasons. Those are the people that our social welfare should be reserved for, to help out. And it shouldn't be to give a man a fish. It should be to teach a man a fish so he can eat for a lifetime. And that's where we need it. We need not be giving our social welfare to migrants from all over the world that happen to want a free handout from the middle-class taxpayers. And so that layout that I just gave you is basically 60% of the middle class and then 20% of the lower poor, impoverished, and 20% of the upper and super upper. So you got 100%, but 60% is middle class. And you will find that most of that 60% middle class is very much in tune with politics because 
They're worried about school choice. They're worried about religion and prayer. They're worried about how much taxes they have to pay because they have a budget that they lay out on the kitchen table. And they're worried about a lot of these things because it affects them. The super rich doesn't care. And the super poor's on the government dime. It's the middle class that worries about the politics. And when politics becomes debatable and becomes an issue, the people listen because they care, because it impacts their life. And they're worried about their job because they're not the boss, they're answering to a boss. And they're worried about getting fired. They're worried about public policy. They're worried about school boards. They're worried about indoctrination of their children. They're worried about excessive government regulation. They're worried about inflation. And they're worried about, you know, whether or not they can climb the ladder and get paid more and work their way up from somewhere. So they listen. And anytime somebody listens to whether it's the America first to make America great again policies that, uh, that Trump supported and endorsed and pretty much created, or what the Democrats are putting out, which is like this climate change BS and all this other nonsense. And someone has to ask the question, you know, someone has to ask, how are they doing it? Well, they're doing it through election rigging. That's how they won the election. They won it through uh, a con. And the same people that are conning us and lying to us are actually the same people that are pushing and promoting vaccines, draconian mask mandates, government shutdowns and lockdowns, They're the ones that were promoting the climate change BS because the same people that you catch, they're not wearing their mask at at the salon are then for the photo op wearing the mask. You know, just like, you know, the same people that are buying oceanfront property on Martha's Vineyard like the, the Obamas are the same people that are saying the East Coast is going to be underwater if you, you know, with with the way climate change is going. And it's the same people that are telling you to put masks on your kids. There's a new story out in Town Hall that was written by Scott Moorfield. And he writes this, a group of parents sent their kids face masks to a lab for analysis. Here's what they found. So what they found was this. It's pretty, pretty startling. And this was a official press release in Gainesville, Florida, June 16th, 2021, a group of parents in Gainesville, Florida, concerned about potential harms from masks, submitted six face masks to a lab for analysis. The resulting report found that five masks were contaminated with bacteria, parasites, and fungi, including three with dangerous pathogenic and pneumonia-causing bacteria. No virus were detected on the masks, although the test is capable of detecting viruses. 
The analysis detected the following 11 alarmingly dangerous pathogens on the masks that you keep on your face all day. And you know what they say? You know, if you just walk by somebody that might have like pneumonia or or a cold or whatever, you may not get it. But if you were to take, you know, their hand and put it over your mouth, you know, after they coughed in their hand and put it over your mouth all day, you'll catch it. It's the same thing with a mask. If this bacteria is on the mask, you're not even giving your body a fighting chance because you're overdosing it with the same virus because it's getting recycled within your mask. So streptococcus, you know, strep, strep throat pneumonia, pneumonia, uh, tuberculosis. Men, these are the things they found on the masks. Meningitis, sepsis, carotis and granulomabic, uh, I don't know what that one is. Um, Acinobacter, bomani, pneumonia, bloodstream infections, meningitis, UTIs, urinary tract infections, resistance to antibiotics, um, food poisoning, causes from Lyme disease, diphtheria, Legionnaire's disease, and severe infections, high morbidity. That's six masks. They found all that. Meningitis sepsis. Half of the masks were contaminated with one or more strains of pneumonia-causing bacteria. One-third were contaminated with one or more strains of meningitis-causing bacteria. One-third were contaminated with dangerous antibiotic-resistant bacterial pathogens. In addition, less dangerous pathogens were identified, including pathogens that can cause fever, ulcers, acne, yeast infections, strep throat, periodontal, disease, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, and more. The face masks studied were new or freshly laundered before wearing and had been worn for five to eight hours, most during in-person schooling by children aged six through 11. One was worn by an adult, a t-shirt worn by one of the children at school, and unworn masks. Let's see, a t-shirt, okay, so a t-shirt worn by one of the children at school and unworn masks were tested as controls. Okay, so a t-shirt was the control. All right, so that's interesting. Um, No pathogens were found on the controls. Proteins found on the t-shirt, for example, are not pathogenic to humans and are commonly found in hair, skin, and soil. So a parent who participated in the study, Ms. Amanda Donahoe, commended commented that this small sample points to a need for more research. We need to know what we are putting on our faces of our children each day. Masks provide a warm, moist environment for bacteria to grow. These local parents contracted with the lab because they were concerned about the potential of contaminants on masks. So there you go, folks. There's all kinds of charts. This article was really well done. And I'm really happy I shared this with you. Um, it's from Town Hall. Go to townhall.com. The title of the article is called this. A group of parents sent their kids face masks to a lab for analysis. Here's what they found. I posted it on the Scott Adams Show Twitter feed and also the Scott Adams, uh, my Scott Adams Facebook page. So that's where I put it. 
Um, so that's pretty, pretty profound. I want to also say that yesterday I was doing some research on the January 6th COVID thing. And I must say I found uh, an alarming video. And uh, the alarming video was of uh, a lot of the anomalies surrounding not only Ashley Babbitt and her her death. Uh, this video illustrated that it didn't seem real. But, you know, I don't know the story there. There's been so much secrecy around it. But when you think about the anomalies, there might be a different reason why it is that we don't know who shot Ashley Babbitt. It, it could be that there were actors involved in this thing. The video was very compelling. And I posted it on my Twitter. And uh, you might want to check it out. It's over on BitChute. It's been pulled from YouTube. It's been banned from everywhere. Uh, but BitChute is running it. And uh, you can't post it on YouTube. But it is very compelling. Um, and then I want to say something else. Uh, there is a new article out that says, is a climate lockdown on the horizon? You know, like the COVID lockdown was maybe a dress rehearsal. It was a form of government conditioning. Is the climate lockdown the same, going to be treated the same way? If we go out and fart, if we go out and eat beef, if we go out and consume our car, uh, you know, uh, gas, uh, is that going to lead to polluting the earth? So are we going to be told that we should have curfews, that we shouldn't go out as much? Are we going to be locked in? Are we going to be told to telecommute or tele-school or tele-work? What next on the horizon? So if and when the powers that be decide to move on from their pandemic narrative, lockdowns won't be going anywhere. Instead, it looks like they're, they'll be rebranded as climate lockdowns. See, the climate change people, it's it derived perhaps from Greenpeace, where they would stand in front of the lumberjacks to protect the spotted owl or stand in front of a boat to, to protect the fish, to stand in front of fishermen. But now, you know, with these cyber hackers, these terrorists, they're shutting down oil industries and beef industries, which are two of the items on the top of the Ocasio-Cortez energy, Green New Deal energy plan, right? So I don't think that's by mistake. I don't think that's just a set of circumstances. I think that that's coordinated. I think that the climate initiative people realize that their 97% of the scientists BS uh, is just gone. They lost that argument. Nobody really cares, especially when they see Obama buying beachfront property in Martha's Vineyard. And we see all the lies and the corruption, right? So now they're just going to say, well, we can't win the argument. We're going to force it down your throat. We're going to hack the heck out of your stuff. And what's that going to do? Well, it's going to raise the price of oil and it's going to raise the price of beef. We're also going to allow China to enter the market and really raise the price of beef by consuming all of our beef. And we might even do trade deals and allow, you know, Iran to get into the picture.
with oil. So you never know what's going to happen. But at some point, there's going to be issues that are going to prevent us from getting oil and beef because they're going to be too expensive. You know that biflation, you know what biflation is? It's it's inflation, but it's select markets. And they're saying this biflation uniquely targets eggs, milk, lumber, beef, and oil. How do you like that? It's everything the middle class needs to survive. And that's called biflation, but it's it's guided and targeted like a weapon. And so they've gone, they've gone with bioweapons to kill people, to control population, to force you to take vaccines, to force you to lose your job and stay at home and wear a mask. We've just read that the mask can be very dangerous for your health. Well, how about climate change? If you go out, you're going to kill other people. That's their argument, right? You're going to go kill other people if you go out. If you drive your car, you're going to kill other people. Don't you care about other people? It's going to be like that. How dare you not care care about other people? And so on and so forth. So the issue is, are they going to get to the point where they're going to create a crisis to where it's going to be so bad that you're going to have curfews and you're going to have lockdowns and you're going to have to stay at home? So we've already been conditioned and we've already proven that we're, we're okay with it, which I think is absurd. There's so many people that are saying, the one thing I cannot believe, I can't believe that Americans rolled over and curled into a fetal position and accepted what the government told them to do. That some midget like Dr. Fauci, some madman evil person, uh, can literally come up with a cockamamie story and lie about it and get away with it. And so we have to stand up and fight back and not listen anymore to the government, the government that we cannot trust. The FBI is a terrorist group. The Department of Education wants to indoctrinate your children and hire nothing but teachers' unions. Uh, We got the uh, Department of Homeland Security going against us. We got the Department of Justice, two standards of justice. We can't accept this anymore. We control the money. Because we earn the money. Hey, we're at the end of the show. My name's Scott Adams. Be sure to check out buglecall.org and magapack.org to make America great again by supporting America First policies and candidates that support that. And uh, be sure to check out Scott Adams' show for the latest podcast. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. I grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to their neck.